Um, Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. The passage that we're looking at today has given me a headache in my younger days. Um, And part of the reason that it gave me a headache was my own pride. Uh, Often as we look at the scriptures, uh, we think things like this. That doesn't make sense to me. Like uh, God should you know, drop everything down to the level of you. And so it makes sense to you. And, and other times we say, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. Like God and you are on the same level and that you have some ideas that might be better than his. Like, you know, th- these are the reasons this passage gave me headaches. Um, and, and we struggle in our uh, created sin-cursed mind, we struggle, we struggle to understand uh, the mind of God. And in this passage, uh, God has inspired Paul to write to us some things maybe that we would have never gotten uh, had he not written them down because of our own pride and um, desire to be great. And so I just want to, even before we open the Word of God, before we read it together, I want to pray that God would give us clear thinking and humility and in our minds that, that as we think of God, that He would be high and lifted up, that He would not be down on our level, that He would be way above us, and that we would see ourselves in right standing before Him because of His grace. God, thank you for this morning. As we look at this uh, difficult and countercultural passage, uh, God, we pray that you would open our eyes, our hearts, that we would uh, leave all our baggage and hang-ups behind, and that we would embrace your truth. And God, may uh, you do your work in us through your Spirit who inspired this word, uh, that we would know Uh, you better, that we would think your thoughts, that we would uh, worship you more because of your magnificence and your grace. God, we thank you uh, most of all for Jesus, what he did on the cross for us and on our behalf. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand in honor of God's word? I'd like to read to you, starting in verse 12 Uh, this morning down through the end of the chapter. We won't go all that way, but I do want to read it all to give us some context. Verse 12 says this, Therefore, uh, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, But sin is not counted uh, where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning uh, was like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespasses, much more uh, much more have the grace of have the grace of God, the free gift by the grace of of the that one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. 
For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, uh, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will choose... uh, Will the, will, I'm sorry, will those who receive the abundance of the grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life uh, through the one man, Jesus Christ? Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as... Uh, As by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. There's a lot of parallels in this passage, and uh, we we want to find those and help. help for they they're going to help us understand what we're talking about. And I really have a three point outline this morning that I'm going to follow up next week. Uh, one man, one man, uh, one Jesus Christ, and then. Lastly, is going to be one way of salvation. We're going to talk about that next week. This is part one, part one, okay? Because I didn't want the service to go three hours long this morning. Um, Not that we shouldn't have it go three hours long, but anyways. Um, This morning, as we go to God's word, uh, we see one man. And what's so difficult about this passage is it goes all the way back to Adam, back to Adam. Now, as you think about your, um, your family, some of you here today um, are sons and daughters, and you know well your parents. You know them well, and you resemble them. Uh, you have certain characteristics of them that uh, facial uh, recognition, like when they see your faces, that's very similar, and this is what moms do when babies are born. Oh, I think it looks like you, and I think it, you know, because we know there's something handed down that we resemble. We also resemble uh, ones by characteristics of how we were raised, right? There, there's a sense where we talk the same, or we have the same belief system. And this morning, as we go to God's word, we're going to see something that doesn't go back to your parents, doesn't go back to your grandparents. It's connected for sure, but it goes all the way back to Adam. That's pretty far, isn't it? Uh, That's in the beginning, right? And so uh, even as we look at that, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. But as we we see in verse 12 of um, Romans 5, it says, therefore, just as sin... Uh, came into the world through one man, we know that man, in the context here, is Adam. Adam is the one man. And that sin entered the world through one man. If you go back to uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 3, you see all that... um, 
uh, all that the fall was. You see uh, these verses that share with you really the play-by-play of Eve uh, taking the fruit, being deceived, and then Eve uh, handing the fruit to her husband, and then husband Adam, what does he do? He eats of the fruit. And uh, that's a crushing blow, a moment in time where everything changed. And when I say everything, I mean everything. I mean everything. As you think about uh, what's going on right now, What's falling apart? Everything. Be specific. Yeah. What about us, right? No one wanted to say it, did they? We're falling apart. Do you want some exhibits? We're falling apart. Our world is falling apart. It's in constant deadness, right? There's this thing of uh, everything's falling apart. Everything uh, has this, uh, there is new life in the spring, but yet it goes to deadness. And as you look at the garden, uh, the Garden of Eden, there there was this perfection and beauty and everything was good and that that everything had its counterpart and everything was perfect. And there was this sense of freedom from guilt that uh, we can't experience right now. We we struggle to get that, that fixed in our mind what that would look like. And yet it was true in the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15... Uh, and, and I want to I, I point out one thing even before I, I read anything. This is before, this is before Eve was created. This is before, what I'm reading to you right now is before Eve was created. Verse 15. Um, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely Eat of every tree of the garden, Uh, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat it, you you shall surely die. There it is. Um, How many commands did uh, Adam get? Just one. Just one. And, you know... He just had one thing he shouldn't do, you know. He didn't make a It wasn't the 10. That was later. You know, it wasn't big dietary laws that were complicated. It was one, just one. And uh, as you see in chapter 3, uh, he violated and disobeyed God in that one command. In that one command. And, and in that one breaking, that one act of disobedience... Sin entered the world. And where did it, um, how did it affect the world? Immediately, everything was affected. And I would even say to this day, everything is affected. And, and so what you see here and what really you see in the pages after chapter 3 are the impact of sin in the world, which we see today. Um, and so you see sin entering the world because Adam, Adam uh, disobeyed God. Uh, he rejected. It's interesting, uh, it said, entered the world. Um, there's, it's not much, uh, there's not a bunch of ver- verses that are all that clear about this, but 
even as you look at this, you realize that Satan had already been a sinner. He'd already been one. And he was already desiring to draw people away. In 1 John chapter 3, it refers to, it says the devil's been sinning from the beginning, and yet we don't know what the beginning is. Probably not the beginning of this world, but from the the beginning of uh, whatever has gone on outside of this world. And so Satan, being the one who was sinning from the beginning, comes down to this world, tempts Eve. Adam does not reject it. What what should have Adam done? What, What should he have done? He should have said, babe, babe, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, we're, we're not going to do this. You, you weren't around yet. You weren't around yet. But God said not to eat of this tree. We're not going to do this. I still want to. We're not going to do this. That's what should have happened. Didn't happen. Adam was directly commanded. Eve, Eve wasn't even around. Adam should have led his wife to righteousness, but instead he followed to sin. And he broke the one commandment, just one. Well, what happens? In in Romans, it tells us of the ripple effects and really the the waves of impact. The dominoes begin to fall. Um, The world is ruined in everything. As uh, Adam committed this one act of disobedience. And, and it says death entered the world in Romans. It, it's interesting. Uh, what did it say in Genesis? When he said the one command. He says you'll surely die. You'll surely die. And as that one day happened. Death entered the world. Now as you, as you see this. Uh, you might, um, as I struggled, um, you see the impacts, and it's spelled out here, and it's, it's purposeful in this. It, verse 12, sin came into the world through one man, Adam, okay? And death through sin, through sin. The, through the sin of Adam, death became a thing, right? There was no death prior to this. And then it says, and so death spread to all men, And then it says, because all sinned. And you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I wasn't around in Genesis, and I wasn't around in Romans chapter 5. And so how can you say all sinned? And it it, it could be easily understood to say, well, uh, all sinned, when, when you say all sinned, you know, all sinned after Adam, right? You know, I, I've sinned, right? But I didn't sin back in the garden. I didn't sin even in the, the time of the Romans. I, I didn't sin then. But I want to tell you the grammar pushes us back, not just to our own sin of our lifetime, but to the, to the garden. That there was a one event, one event, that somehow we were a participant in. And when I say participant, I'm not saying an active disobeyer of God, but that somehow we became guilty in that day. And that's where the young man in me struggled, right? Some of you are struggling right now. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, that's not my fault. That's not my fault. And in reality, um, you, you, you know, maybe it isn't your fault. 
But there's plenty of things that are your fault, aren't they? You know, right? But this connection, this family line, if you will, uh, that we are connected in our person and spirituality in this death that entered through sin, we are connected all the way back to Adam. All the way back. I think some of us, uh, we say, oh, I, you know, I got a big nose or I got a great hairdo from my dad and, you know, you, I just inherited some weird things from my parents. I want to tell you, this is far worse. This is far worse. Because this sin, this sin that we inherited or we sinned in is death. It brings death. As you think about this and you, this death that spread to all, and not just spread to all, but that all in Adam sinned, um, we, we say, boy, this is far greater and far more difficult to understand than I can imagine. This is why it's in the scripture. Uh, what do people think when they think of babies? They come out and baby comes out, and what do they say? She's perfect. She's perfect. And, you know, she, oh, she's just the perfect thing. Is she the perfect thing? At three o'clock in the morning when, you know, she's screaming. And you know why she's screaming? Is she because she can't talk back yet. <laughs> yet. And she can't, like, you know, do that. You know, the, the eye roll. Like, they, they don't have those skills yet. So they scream. And, and you say, oh, she's just hungry, or she's just this, she's just that. And, and, and those things might be true, but the, the point is, she didn't get what she wanted. And what does that sound like? Selfishness, pride, you know, all those things. And, and we're shocked, we're shocked later on when this little one that grew up in our midst, when he or she uh, blatantly lies, uh, disobeys we're shocked and we go they were perfect and something happened something happened it must have been her friends at school it must have been it must have been you know the internet or some influencer it must have been them because she was perfect he was perfect and then it happened. And we, we even do this with ourselves, right? We say, you know, um, uh, my parents, you know, my mom and dad, the way they treated me growing up, or they weren't around, or, or they somehow, and, and because they did that, I'm all messed up now. And I can't do what's right because they did what was wrong. I, I'm perfect apart from them. Sorry. Um, Sorry for sharing this with you this morning. Um, and, and, and I want you to get this word because it, it's an important word and it'll come up again. As you see in verse 12, it says, um, um, so death spread to all men because all had sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. Uh, skipping down, sorry. I lost it. Well, I'll just continue on. Um, we'll come back to this other word. You have this progression or we're learning about what happened in the garden. Sin came into the world through the one man, Adam, and death came in through this sin. 
death spreads to all men, all who would come after, and somehow marked and and, uh, definitely connected, all sinned. Verse 13, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted uh, where there is no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. Why did he say Adam to Moses? Why did he say Adam to Moses? If you think through the Old Testament, Moses was the one who God gave the Ten Commandments to, okay? So from Adam until Moses, there was not a record of those Ten Commandments, right? Uh, Maybe there was a time period where God said, I gave you one commandment and you didn't obey it. You know, I'm not going to give you any more. But from that time, uh, was there any sin? Yes, yes. Um, There was sin. Did they really know about it in all its depth? No, no. In later times, I've shared this with you before, even in the book of Romans, once the Ten Commandments come, it's that you know you have sinned and which uh, one you've disobeyed, right? It's the idea of you know you're reckless on the freeway even though there isn't a speed limit. But when they put the speed limit up, then you know how uh, many miles per hour you were driving above the speed limit, right? How badly you broke it. Uh, there's a marker. And he, he says this uh, from Adam to Moses, there was sin, but then there was, and, and what does it say? This is where I wanted to get at. It says, verse 14, yet, to, yet death reigned, reigned. I want you to get that picture. It, it, when you say reign, it's, it's the idea of a king. It, it's the idea of a king and a kingdom in control, a regime and, and what, what reigned during this time, Adam to Moses? Sin or death. Sin and death. Death that comes from sin, right? And, and, and you get this picture, and I, I, I want to I mark this first section, is the one man, the one man. In this time of the one man, Adam... Death reigned through sin. And, and, and this idea that things are alive uh, is, we're going to talk about that in a moment, but everywhere we turn, apart from Jesus, we see death. And I want to tell you, as we look at this, this death is pervasive, universal, and comprehensive. No, nobody can escape it. Nothing can escape it. The ugliness of death is everywhere. We see it all the time. And so uh, we know this. There was sin before the law. It just, sin wasn't counted as such. Death reigned, Adam to Moses. And then lastly, in verse 14, look at it again. The death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who were sinning, uh, was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type, a type of the one who was to come. And this is very hard for us to understand, especially because they're, they're so different. And we're going to see some type 
some uh, similarities between Adam, Adam, the one man, and this other man that is to come. I'll just you know, ruin the end of the story. It's Jesus, okay? Um, it could be like the kids at the surprise book. God, you know. If you could see how confident they are when they answer that, it's just good. God. Oh. Verse 15, um, and, and this is where we turn to the one Jesus Christ, the one Jesus Christ. And as you look at the one man, Adam, now he is placed next to Jesus Christ. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. The trespass, and he's used this word already, I should have said it earlier. The trespass is the idea of not being on the road, not uh, going outside of what God has called us to obey. Once again, one, right? Adam had one thing he shouldn't do, and he, you know, he went into the ditch. Um, One thing. And uh, as you look at this, you say, uh, Jesus Christ, the different one, what, what is he like? Well, uh, verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. Well, what is the free gift? I want to tell you, we're going to see free gift over and over again uh, in the book of Romans, and we should cheer every time we see it. We should cheer. Why? Well, it's translated free gift, which has any, has it struck any of you as funny? Free gift? Uh, Christmas time, your birthday, you know, they leave the price tag on. I'll expect your payment. Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, you know, I, I take them all. Um, you know, when you give someone a gift, I mean, unless you're a son and you're doing this for your dad, I've done a few of those in my time where I bought the gift, but he paid for it. Um, but the idea of a gift, a gift, of course is free. Of course. It's the idea that you're giving something, but the reason they translate it free gift, it's a grace gift. That probably could be another translation, grace gift. And the the point or the marker or the highlighting of this word gift is this, that it's undeserved, undeserved, that it's marked by the love, the grace of God, when he gave the gift. And as, as you look at this, it's obvious why, right? If you've been following along in our study of the book of Romans, how have we done so far? Not very well. We have been complete failures as individuals, but also as humanity. And now we see in Adam, the first one, uh, there was only one perfect man, Right? Is Adam, Adam and Eve, they, they were perfect. They, they had no sin in them, and then they did. And the rest of us thereafter, apart from Jesus. So we see the free gift, and he's, he's saying uh, the free gift, and, and once again, parallels, contrasts, if you will. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, that, you know, back in Genesis, Adam's sin, one disobedience, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. As you look at that, you go, 
It turns from this one failure of one man that all now are sinners in him. Now it turns to this free gift. And he contrasts it and he says, if many died by the trespass, what happens through this one act for this one man? What happens? Well, the grace of God happens. The free gift The grace comes through the one man, Jesus Christ, and it abounded for many. The great ripoff is sin that brings about death. What Christ did on behalf of those who would trust him, it brings this gracious gift of abounding riches. Abounding riches. And I always say that it's hard to communicate how far we've come, right? How dead we were, how dead we were, now how rich we are because of Jesus. Hard to communicate that. Uh, Paul sh- shares with us words under the inspiration of God throughout his writings, Peter as well, and other places in Scripture. But there's a, a difficulty for us to comprehend how good we now have it because of Jesus and how far we have come. The grace of God. The grace through the one man, Jesus, and it abounded for many. I want to I make clear to you here, and, and some, uh, as you see this, there, there is a distinction between these two that are laid side by side. Um, who is a sinner because of Ad, Adam's sin? All, all, right? And there's a sense of all to the grace of God as well. You know what it is? All who would receive, all who would receive. This is not all sinned, all are saved. Uh, It abounded for many, it abounded for many, not for all. And this is what I, I want to point out the distinctions as well as the similarities, even as uh, Adam is called a type. And we'll come back to this next week. So we have the free gift. The free gift is a, the grace of God displayed. It abounds for many, those who will receive. Verse 16. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one's, uh, one trespass brought condemnation. Um, condemnation, like, there, there's an interesting thing. Uh, to be condemned is to be found guilty. To be found guilty. And um, it's interesting because when you're found guilty, if the, if the judge, you know, brings down the mallet and he says, you are guilty, makes you feel different, doesn't it? Um, most of the time we know if we're guilty or if we're, you know, we're falsely accused. But that idea that you're now marked as guilty how, how do guilty people live? How do guilty people live? What are their relationships like? Well, how, how do they do their job? How do they raise their kids? What do guilty people look like? I, I, I want to tell you that um, recently, <laughs> I, I think I shared this with you maybe a few weeks back, but it was fascinating to me. I went to a doctor a couple months ago and he was talking about getting to know each other, and he was asking me a bunch of questions. And he says, do you sleep at night? And I said, yeah. And he said, are you, 
do you struggle with guilt? And I'm like, Doc, just give me a pill. You know, like, uh, what are you asking me? I'm the, I'm the pastor here. Do you struggle with guilt? You know, uh, but, but what, he was, what he was pointing out, what he was pointing out was that uh, guilt affects everything. It affects everything. It affects how you sleep at night. It affects how you raise your kids. It affects your, your, your marriage. It affects the way you do your work. It affects everything. And what happened through sin, Adam's sin, is what? Condemnation. Condemnation. I want to tell you that um, this whole idea of, uh, some of you got this from some religious system that maybe you grew up in, but what do you do when you've sinned? You work really hard. You work really hard to erase that sin on your own good works. I want to tell you that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That sin brought about death. What do dead people do? Not much. Not much. Um, When we're dead in our sins, there's no way to work your way out of it. There's no way. And that sin, that one sin in Adam brought about condemnation, guilt that we couldn't get rid of. Uh, do you remember what Adam did after he sinned? It's so funny. I, I laugh. It's, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny to God. It wasn't funny to Adam. But I just find it funny because I, the reason I find it funny is because we do the same thing today. Not as little children. Yes, as little children. But uh, what do little children do when they are doing something wrong? They disappear. And the, uh, you moms, you know, you ones that have been around the block a few times, uh, you know that silence is a bad thing, right? Where's my son? Where's my daughter? I haven't heard from them for five minutes. Something bad is going on. They're hiding. They're hiding. They're running away. Why? Because they're condemned. They feel guilty. And this is what sin does. And this is what Adam felt. And this is what we feel. Because sin brings about death, and death is condemning. This one trespass brought about condemnation to all. Middle of verse 16, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Justification, remember that word? That's not that you were righteous. It's that you are now righteous, You've been made righteous. I I want you to get this, that something had to happen. It it wasn't that, uh, you know, the statute of limitations had had ran out on those sins, right? They're no longer on the report anymore. They've been expunged like, like it's part of your youth and it doesn't matter anymore. No, that's not it at all. Somebody took care of it. Somebody took care of it. The one man, Adam brought about sin into the world, and in that, we were condemned as well. But now the one man, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, brought about justification. Um, As we look at this, we're going to stop here in a moment. Verse 17, I want to just get to this, and then... um, It's going to repeat this in the end of the chapter, but verse 17 says this, for if because of one man's 
uh, trespass. Death reigned, once again, death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness, righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I want to I tell you, this, this is what's so great about this passage and this book of Romans is that we've come a long way, that, that death was reigning in us through the sin of Adam and the sins that we've committed. It was just the sins had brought about more death and it was guilt and condemnation. That's what we get in one man. That's the best that man can do. Condemnation, guilt, death. But I want to tell you, that in Jesus Christ there's justification and now it changes from death reigning to righteousness reigning in life for us through the one man, Jesus Christ. Uh, next week we're gonna uh, really, I'm gonna re-preach some of this by design and then we will handle that last section in chapter five. Three points to just close up our time. First of all, um, it's a bigger point than just you. I realize this passage talks about Adam, the first man, and Jesus Christ, the best man. And you say, well, what about me? I have been falsely accused. I've been falsely accused. I didn't do any sin in Adam. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. It was my brother. You know, uh, you, you, we have all our excuses. I want to tell you, you also weren't there when Jesus went to the cross. You also weren't the one. Like, this isn't about you. It's about the implications to all throughout the world. One, that we're all sinners. And two, that the only way that death can be conquered, that condemnation can be put in the past, is through Jesus Christ. He is the focal point. Christ's sacrifice sufficient for all who will come. Secondly, it's a message of grace. It's a message of grace. I want, to, I want you to get this. I, as I was reading this, one commentator pointed this out, and I thought, that's so funny. It's so true. So how is this a message of grace? So you, you look in Genesis chapter uh, 2, the, the command, and then chapter 3, the disobedience, and you say, how is it gracious? How is God's grace displayed? As disobedience happened and... Um, Disobedience happened and death entered the world. What, what could have happened, should have happened, if a righteousness would have prevailed apart from grace, what would have happened? Adam and Eve would have dropped dead in the garden. End of story. The whole Bible, the whole Bible would be three chapters and no one to read it. And no one to read it. The fact that God did not throw away his creation the fact that he continued in grace to work with Adam and Eve, uh, it's a display of grace. Man sinned, uh, they should have been struck dead and be done, and yet by God's grace they were not. The last thing I just want to say to you is um, these, these uh, two things are placed side by side. Man's way, man's way, or Adam's way, but man's way, best man can do, mankind, what do they do? They disobey. Sin enters the world, death through our sin. God's way, the one and only Jesus Christ, the one man, Jesus Christ. This is said over and over again in this passage.
And I want to tell you, he's the only way. He's the only way for us to have life. God, thank you for this morning and the blessing of being in your word. I ask that you would quicken our minds to comprehend. God, I pray that you would help us to see clearly the lies that maybe we've believed for a very long time, that we weren't that bad, that uh, the sins that uh, have gone on since the time of Adam, they're not ours and we've progressed and we, we, they're not that bad anymore. Uh, God, help us to see clearly um, that Adam's sin was bad, brought about condemnation. Our sins are in Adam, that we are sinners condemned to death. But by the grace, uh, your grace displayed in your son Jesus, it was enough for us that we might be justified. God, thank you for this morning and each one here. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen.